looking out for number one, California, here we come, right back where we started from. Hustle, scrape your guns, your shadow is a ton, driving down the 101, California, here we come, right back where we started from. California, Ryan, come to oh, the... that's not this part. When do you say Ryan? Can you Ryan to the OCD, bitch. You're just welcoming me? Yep. You and only you. Do you know what this is? What? It's the show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated soap opera of the early aughts. Hmm, what's that Ryan and Friends. Oh, man. Also known as the OC. I did, I, I did have a treehouse named the OC, so this does make sense. Do you guys want to do a podcast about my treehouse? I would love that. Okay. First of all, uh, no robots allowed, and the S was backwards on the sign. No robots allowed. That's right. Pretty woke of you. No well, no, robots. I wanted girls in there. Yeah. Why would you keep girls out of a treehouse? But uh, I feel like that robots would take over as soon as they could, unless they saw a sign that would not go in the treehouse. Look, robots want to kill every human they can, want to climb every tree they see, but they respect signage. Isn't that the third robot rule? Yeah. Isaac Asimov <laughs> was like, never kill a human. Always listen to a human. <laughs> Don't Fucking climb. follow the rules. <laughs> if you see a treehouse sign, follow that treehouse sign. Uh, Dave's here too. Producer yeah, yeah. Dave, Hello. welcome back. Hello, thank you. Very you didn't much. get enough last week. Did I? No, no, I'm never going to get it. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, do you want to be here? Yeah. <laughs> you just. Uh, <laughs> what are we keeping you from? You just Sunday morning yawned through that entire <laughs> answer. Now, Dave, uh, producer Dave, excuse me. Your whole problem with the OCD is that you feel like that me and Mike are. Too friendly to each other. Well, uh, what what do you think you're gonna do about that tonight on this episode? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna make you less friendly with one another. You have How? a paddle. You want me to smack you with a paddle? No, I don't know what you're gonna do with the paddle. What are you gonna do with the paddle in your hand? I'm going to smack you with a paddle. Okay, and that's gonna I make guess us. I figure that that's out. no. Then we're gonna go back gonna to get back. Mad, and, mad at me? Yeah, that's not gonna work. Dumb. I'm gonna encourage Mike to smack you with the paddle. No, oh, this isn't shit. going to work. He's gonna because then you're going to actually like him more because of the smacking. Damned if you do, damned if you yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I don't think there's there's nothing I can do about All right, the, I will take the, the paddle, and yeah. I will smack myself, making both of you like me more. And no, then I'm just going to say, stop! He's telling you what you need to know! Is that true? Because that's going to flip me out, because I'm going to be like, yeah, he's right, we should stop, but then I'm also going to be like, no, he needs more. Then will be doing what he wants. Right. And is Mike fucking with me when he cries? I don't know. His tears are so full of fakeness and Crisco. Fakeness and Crisco, a.k.a. Joy. That's the combo nation. Do you think Combo's fans declare themselves as the combo nation? All right, Dave. So this is how we <laughs> fucked up, because uh, there was a, uh, a second of pause, and now we're fully into Mike's Type 5, where it's all about how You know combos... when you're eating combos, oh, you got fuck. the sour cream and cheddar. Combo nation, you feel me? No. Oh, yeah, you're too full of combos. You can't hear shit. But no, I mean, I like, I, I'm a pretty big snack fan. Like, it's yeah. hard to make a snack that I don't like. But combos are fucking disgusting. Oh yeah, they're goodness. nasty. No, you guys are both wrong. Combos of what? Dog and shit? But like, when are you ever in a case where like only one snack is sold and it's combos? Unless you're in the combo factory, the combo draft house, there's always another alternative. Well, the thing about combos is that it's actually two, two snacks of one. That's the whole point. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah that's I've, the joke I made. Dog and shit. <laughs> what else would it be? Well, usually it's like pizza and pepperoni. Like you get the pizza. Right. And <laughs> it's the pizza pepperoni. and a pizza topping. <laughs> it's pizza and pepperoni. It's literal dog food it's rolled into the combo. Pizza and some dog food. Y'all ever eat some sausages? <laughs> they smell so good, but they taste like dog food. 
Okay, yeah, so that's why I wish that uh, more food smelled like combos, but uh, tasted like broccoli. <laughs> Wait, because you definitely wouldn't eat any of that? I don't understand what this pairing is. I don't know. What stand-up bit are we doing? <laughs> I, I don't know. This is, why there's no, this is why there's no three-man stand-up. <laughs> Wait, this is why there isn't? No. I think we're proven why there should be. Uh, so this is part two of the Snow Sea. What did we talk about last time, Producer Dave? Uh, we talked about the kids going to a dance and not actually dating the people they want to date and then not actually going on dates and then actually not being at the dance with the people they weren't supposed to be at the dance with. That sounds like goddamn terrible gibberish, but that it really is <laughs> what happened really, in the episode. Yeah. Really close. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the kids. We're going to see what Zach is up to when he leaves the snow sea in a fury. Welcome to the Pop Filter commercial break of the week. Mike, we're counting down all the hit commercials from the week. What do you think is going to hit number one? Oh, it's hard to say this early in the game, Ryan. I know. It's crazy. It's been a crazy season. It's been a crazy. Everybody's just putting it, everything on the field they have, all the blood, sweat, and tears, every commercial. Now, we call this uh, this bracket that we're doing with the commercials March Madness. Uh-huh. Um, and the whole world is talking about our commercial bracket. Well, but it's it's just like the Puppy Bowl started as a sideshow, and now it's what everybody actually cares about during the big game. Right. And now, everybody just wants to know what commercial will take. I'll tell you one thing, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is, is not going to win. Straight out of here. does not go in there. Yeah. Everybody should check it out. The problem is that everybody already has that bookmarked. It's mm-hmm. how they use their Amazon. People know about it, and they're tired of it. Yeah. It, it, they know that this is the same way they used to go to Amazon, but instead now it helps their favorite podcasters. Because remember, Mike, Amazon's not just a river in Egypt. That's denial. And that's what you have right now if you're not on yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. And that's why it's not going anywhere. Yeah. How could it? After that? Next up, how do you see the performance of uh, the Patreon doing? Okay, so this is a Cinderella story, Mike. We have your pop, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter, and everybody thought, oh, 16th Seed's going to get kicked out of March Madness immediately, but all of a sudden, yourpopfilter.com, nope, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter uh, is running up the charts with it's the sports. on its way right into the hearts of the sports. I think it's because um, sports is drama. Mm-hmm. Drama is tears. Mm-hmm. This Patreon has many different tiers that you can choose from. Aww. $1, $5, $10. Full circle. Others even. Mm-hmm. It just keeps climbing up. There's more tiers than you could even count. What's the highest tier? Probably $1,000. 1000 bucks, And you get to have video of us 69 Yes. And I think that might be... Uh, you send us your life story. We will film a, a movie about it with no sixty nine. No sixty. That's well, unless I don't know how. I don't know these fucking people's lives. I'm guessing if you have a thousand dollars a month to burn on us, you've sixty nine to tell you to. Is there <laughs> for an entire day or two? Is there a way? Thank you for uh, going backwards and doing that. Um, is there a way that we can make every single person on the planet watch us sixty nine, unless you're in the thousand dollar tier, and then you don't have to watch it? Oh, a good like punishment at yes. Yes, I love that. All right, well. Mike, that's all we have the time for right now, but when we come back to the Pop Filter Sports March Madness update session, we'll talk about other teams and how they're doing. Last word. Last word. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. Zach does not go to the snow sea at first. Mm-hmm. He's fed up with the flirting he's been seeing between his lady love and one Seth Cohen, and so he drives angrily around town and ends up at the bait shop, and nobody is there. And we've seen angry driving before, but it's important to note that Zach is not Luke. And he drives a normal car sober instead of uh, drinking mm-hmm. a 16-pack of PBR and driving a giant truck to cliffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to drive straight to those cliffs. Although, Does it feel like that, uh, like, uh, you know, the panel weighed in on Luke, and now we have Zach? Like, these are the notes for Luke, right? 
Luke sucks. To, we need to give the kids a, a role model. I think Luke was actually a lot of fun. You like drinking oh and my driving towards cliffs? I don't like the drinking and driving, but but apart from the drinking and driving and the having sex with your girlfriend's mom thing, your ex-girlfriend's mom thing, he was pretty adorable. And the going to TJ and cheating on your girlfriend so hard that she attempts suicide. Well, she was going to attempt suicide no matter what. I think that's fair. We can't put that on Luke. We can put a lot on Luke, but you can't make somebody do a thing. Did he turn his dad gay? Oh, oh we could definitely blame <laughs> Luke about that. Uh, so Zach's there. He shows up at the bait shop. Does he... I got a closer vibe. Does Zach is trying to go in on Alex at first and then realize he's Zach and not Clive Owen? No, I don't think so. I think that um, he found a place... Uh, he, what he wanted to do was that classic movie thing where like you find an out-of-town bar uh-huh. and then you get shit-faced. But... What he has is the bait shop, which is empty, <laughs> and then he orders what he considers to be a beer. A chocolate soda. A chocolate soda. Yahoo. He orders a Yahoo, and then Alex makes fun of him after delivering it. She's but like, has drink. one. Yeah, she gives it to him. And he goes, well, enjoy your chocolate soda. Shouldn't he have made fun of her? Has anybody ever called that watery chocolate drink a chocolate soda? But no, why did Alex have one? She should have said, uh, you're a fucking idiot. And there's no way that the bar that I run has Yoohoo on stock, and it's right here for you, Zachary. <laughs> Zachary, but because there, is, it's all you don't see the X's on their hands, which is when I was their age in Orange County. If you're underage, there's a bar you get the X's on X. your hands. If you're cool, you just show up with them on your own. Uh, so they would have a Yoohoo. They uh, okay, like so I understand that like they have water or ecto coolers, but or Yoohoo co- on hand right next to where she's working. Yoohoo on tap, mofo. Have it's you guys ever dabbled in uh, either a brand name or a off-brand chocolate soda? Yeah, I love YooHoo. You love YooHoo. Look, I have ton problems. Oh, so chocolate milk is not for you. Chocolate milk is not. What? If, give me a chocolate soda. What if chocolate milk was poured out of a sponge and somebody dropped an Alka-Seltzer in it? Then that's your jam. Mm, give me a YooHoo. Appetizer. <laughs> it's still chocolate milk. No, it's water. Oh, There's no milk water. in it. That's why YooHoo's bullshit. And you put that uh, hot dog flavored water up your chocolate starfish. Look, is that what you're you go on a long hike? You fill a backpack with yuhus. You drink that you steaming your- fucking chocolate soda. And it's important on that hike to have two straws, one for you and one for any hiker mate. <laughs> hey, that would like, like a oh sip my god, your I backpack. ran out of water. Here, have this. And it's just, Here's some yuhus. Just warm, <laughs> back warmed yuhus. <laughs> No, Zach is the worst forever. This is it. He is now worse than Oliver. He's worse than uh, Summer's Jay Leno uh, idiot boyfriend. Danny. Because he went to a bar and said, uh, Yoo-hoo, please. Well, she knows he's 16. He can't get a drink. He's try. Got the Just try. Just say, I left my ID in the car, and can I have a beer? And she says no. And then she's you say, okay, can I have a teenagers. water? Actually, technically, she's not allowed to serve alcohol either. She should be technically allowed to run a bar, but no one's <laughs> saying word what. Well, I think there's a pompadour rule where if you can pull that shit <laughs> Your off. Your pomp must anything, be this high to run a bar. Then you're elected president of hotness. But no, like, to step up, like, you who is something that you buy, like, uh, like you order, you like order condoms from the person at the store, and then and also I'm gonna get six yuhus, and then you run home and then you drink them in secret. You and don't jerk go into off public. into those condoms. You don't go to public and order six yuhus. All right. So what are we talking about this segment? Zach, he's chugging his yahoo. Carbonated chocolate <laughs> so water. He ended up there because he did go to the ball and saw them dancing. And this is when he says, even when you're not a couple, you're a couple. Mm-hmm. Like Luke and Leia. And oh Seth is like, Seth is trying to be good. He's like, 
their brother and sister, and Zach storms off because he does not like being corrected. And he stormed home to his home bar, and his Yoohoo decanter was empty, <laughs> so he had no choice but to go to a public Yoohoo dispensary but as even, fast as he could. Even more absurd than a Yoohooery <laughs> is the fact that the reason he ended Which up. Which is our new name for vagina. Going oh, to the gross. dance is that he heard the school dance DJ on the radio say, This one's for all you lonely hearts out there. So this implies that the school put a lot of their budget into getting a radio station for the evening, and that there's a DJ in the middle of any like fun dance songs or slow songs. He's like, hey, yo, are you out there? Uh, and also, at a school dance, says, some of you are lonely. <laughs> so not only is this DJ probably getting paid like $1.5 million dollars to be at a, a Newport, uh, but like also is targeting borderline suicidal yeah. teenagers. Hey, you all lean up against the wall and not be able to dance with nobody. <laughs> this one's for you. What do you think? It's cool to uh, not go to the dance? Go ahead. Light that fucking uh, clove and be sad about your life. All right. So even though even though uh, Luke, Zach is sober, unlike mm-hmm. what Luke would be, he goes ahead and he makes an illegal U-turn in the middle of a highway. And somebody honks hard. <laughs> <laughs> in order to get to the dance. It is so important for him to get there and get in their face and, about how awful they and, are. And, but, and, but hold on. I mean, Zach was sort of intoxicated. It had been hours since he had his last year. Oh, yeah, he's and coming he down. to balance out. <laughs> he's he saw got, his shaky hands. He's got the YHs for sure. And so he runs in, and for the second time in the episode, he does not hear what they're talking about because Seth is like, where is Zach? Shouldn't you be dancing with Zach? And she's like, I don't know. We might be in a fight because of you, maybe. Who? And... <laughs> And that Zach freaks out on him and then goes to Alex. And this is why I fucking love Alex. is because after she just gives him his yoo-hoo, uh, he tells her what's happening. And she's like, oh, man, yeah, I get I get that's a big problem. If she didn't love you before, that act of courage of running away to drink a chocolate soda, that'll win her over. Which is also perfect, too, because uh, the vast majority of OC characters fall in that gentle balance of causing drama always. But uh, every time that Alex falls out of that valley and she's like, what? Drama, stupid. High school, stupid. Teenagers are stupid. Then she will do something that clearly causes the next drama. She's literally causing drama as she's trying not to be dramatic. Yeah, she didn't mean to because and then he's like, so fight for her. And she's like, well, not me like metaphorically. And and that's when he gives his adorable broad shoulder line. And then he's like, you're right. I need to pound Seth Cohen. And she's like, what? And she's like, what? Did you order a you? <laughs> Wait, you still drinking that you? She immediately closes down the bar so that she can yeah. chase everything. Yeah. Well, this is why seventeen-year-olds should manage bars. <laughs> we are closed. Please take a clove and smoke outside. The Just whole, a bowl of cloves. The whole sign. She flips the sign over and it says "closed for Seth Cohen's beaten." I have to go. I have to go to the dance. It's the snow sea. And that's why there's them. just a crowd of adults who wanted to drink that night. Go and beat him up. Uh, also, we are out of YooHoo. We just had the one, and oh, Zach and drank it, and now we have to go buy one, one more YooHoo. Barney Gumble's like, I was here for the YooHoo. So Zach rolls up, and Seth and Summer are hanging out, and Seth's like, oh, hey, Zach, and Zach doesn't Zach it up. He just punches Seth right in the face. He's like a Lego maniac all over the place. And then he like his punch hasn't connected yet. He goes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Which that is how you fight. If you're not a drunk asshole... That's how you fight. You instantly feel bad about it. Which is why I like Zach a lot still. Because if this was Eddie from season one, uh-huh. uh, he would also be that surprised by that punch. Mm-hmm. But he would have to then be like, uh, yeah, that's how I do. You know, like, That's how like, I punch you because I'm a man. But Zach's like, no, full honesty. And I know right. that I'm you who trashed right now. I can't <laughs> believe that happened. And that everybody likes to give the credit to grownups. But it was the OC that first showed us chocolate wasted. 
So, uh, so Seth gets punched in the face and uh-huh. falls straight to the ground. Straight to the ground. Which is actually something that he mentioned earlier on in the episode. At the very beginning of the episode, the very first scene, he says to Ryan that, uh, Ryan, you shouldn't ask Lindsay to the dance because you always get in fights at events like this. And then Seth it's says... It's Seth who causes the fight. <laughs> Maybe this year I'll be the one who takes on that responsibility. And of course, he is the one who gets punched in the face at the end of the episode. And I, I, like, I'm watching this thinking, like, a punch... That's that's gotta be the most dramatic moment of this part. But then what happens is that Alex comes back, right? Bar is closed down, drives over, uh, says, "I felt responsible for you. Get in the car. We'll go get you some yuhu." But I mean, yeah, I mean, she's a little late because she had to run to the store get right. more yuhu, and then goes to Seth and uh, then looks at Summer and says, "Oh, I got this." And Summer's like, "Oh, I'm not needed anymore." And right. that's the moment where I think that Summer is totally sure that they Summer's are over. Now friends, not lovers. Well, yeah, after you see somebody take a beating like that, you go for the stronger guy. It's just, <laughs> it's just ape dominance. But, I mean, now that we're out of the core four and we're into the core eight, who is the most intimidating? Because we have DJ, who can rip his shirt off and water lawn like anybody. Mm. Zach is a politician song, a uh, water polo player, very, very handsome. Okay, wait. But he's- Alex... Yeah, Alex. Good lord. Oh, I mean, if you're Summer, who is like the hottest girl that's ever been in high school, Alex still freaks you out. So hot she dropped out of high school. Right. And was more successful than she ever could be if she stayed in high school. And then uh, and then there's Lindsay, who is brilliant, but you know, like sees these other seven people and she's like, Oh my god. Do you guys know you should be on a TV show? (laughs) She's the deadpool of the OC. So I think the most intimidating is probably is probably still Zach. I mean, Zach is the water polo captain. He's a politician's son. And water polo in Newport Harbor is no joke. Alex would not make my top five of the eight. I think it's Alex with a billion bullets. <laughs> Wait, would she not make your top five, or would she be the number one? Alex is my number one. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Alex takes Zach Seth would not make my top five. Back to the bait shop, because I guess it's the closest thing to anything. Uh, and she tries to teach Seth to defend himself. She's like, hold your hands like this, and then just slaps the shit out of him, which was delightful. She's wearing rings. Yeah. The the, big rings on. In the last episode, uh, I talked about how Ryan was so good at flirting with the the homework and the dropping the penguin and stuff, but this is classic flirting, Mm -hmm. because Alex goes after him, right, and, like, does get a good punch in. Like, it's a loud punch, Uh, but then falls into the, uh, where does it hurt, right here. Where does it hurt? Oh, right yeah. Here. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Mm-hmm. Where does it hurt? And it's right on the lips, guys. And that's, she kisses every spot. And that is how you do. That's as bad as the meat cute was from the last episode. We need to take a break. When we come back, let's finally check in with the adults. Did they drink any yoo We'll see. Boo-hoo. Brian and Dave, mm-hmm. let's talk about the ballad of Julie and Jimmy. They have an interesting arc in this episode. Julie, the laziest CEO, just goes home in the middle of the day to catch Marissa making out with the gardener and fall lips out. That's a bad CEO, right? Yeah, I mean, as far as like I'm concerned, as far as my pipe dreams of becoming a CEO and then getting the record of laziest CEO, I'm sort of into it. Like, I thought the whole dream of becoming a CEO is so that you didn't do anything except take money out of plebes pockets. Well, that is the point from her perspective. I mean, she just married the original CEO, Caleb, and then now he doesn't have a job, so she has his job. And now she just gets to do 
the thing that she was doing before, and somebody else can run their company while she's not there. All right, That's producer Dave, I know that you're like a uh, sound guy. You're the huh? producer of this podcast, huh? but you're not like the business guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you say original CEO, I just want you to know that what you're talking about is Captain EO. He is the original CEO. Yeah, he is the OCO. Yeah, like, he's the way OCEO. before Caleb. So Caleb Nichols is not the CEO. No, no. I mean he tries. Like he talks. He does to not have an elephant keyboard player best friend, so but he cannot be. I mean he has uh, spent a lot of money on stuffed elephants that try to play keyboard, mm-hmm. but no, he's not the original. Captain EO. Horrific Dr. Moreau. Uncle Sean's gone because now he's halfway in between <laughs> Uncle Sean and the Captain Elephant. It's and you don't want to see a Sean Elephant because it's uh, it's a dead, fat, drunk Irishman who has a blue trunk sewn onto him. And also Caleb thinks that trunk means like the thing that you keep suitcases in. Suitca- you keep all your suitcases in a trunk. <laughs> so he sewed a giant trunk onto his face. That's not the Uncle Sean you want to look at. So uh, that's what Julie's up to. She's very mad so she knows about Marissa and DJ. And she and Jimmy are both chaperones at this dance. Uh-huh. They uh, like Marissa. The DJ says like, "Oh, I don't want to go to that dance. Let's just blow it off." And Marissa's like, "Oh, I can't. Not because I'm, you know, school chair. Not because I have this responsibility. My, parents, my parents are throwing it. Yeah. What no, the hosting. fuck does that mean? They're like chaperoning. They're, they're chaperones. making sure they're not. There's no kids that are screwing in the corner. But no, like, there's a ton of parent chaperones. She's like, her parents are like responsible for this dance. I don't. And it's is this Jimmy's debutante ball? Is this like everybody's? No parents still pissed at him a year later. He's lost the millions of dollars, but like, eh. If you're Jimmy, oh, there's on a boat. There's actually a scene where Julie and Jimmy are talking to one another, and then some other people come walking up, and they're like, hey, Jimmy. Yeah. Like, they're You best seem to flinch a little. He's like, oh, fuck, he's going to hit me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would just be nervous that, like, one of those penguins is going to come to life and just punch the fucking shit out of me. Well, <laughs> it's Holly's did. dad waiting in the wings. Which, I mean, good prank on Holly's yeah, dad. That's like, hilarious. that's pretty good. Uh, and then Jul- I think Jimmy's like, hey, good job. And Julie gives him the slowest. They need chaperones. Who chaperones the yeah, chaperones? That's true. The slowest kiss on the cheek. And Jimmy's just like, what, what, what? I live on a boat. What are we doing here? <laughs> and here's the thing uh, one or two episodes ago, Julie had her uh, awesome line, iconic line of, you married me because uh-huh. I was pregnant. I mm-hmm. married you because I was in love with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still sort of going on. Like, if and when they hook up, Jimmy is desperate and lonely right. and wants to get bonely. And Julie is, I still got a thing, and I can't get over the thing. I, I and she, uh, Julie is Marissa. Like, mm-hmm. th- that's the thing is that like whatever it is about this bad guy, who it, it, it's clear that like he can get over me, I can't get over him. And I think they bring out the worst in each other. I, I, I think they're okay people away from each other. Even They have their own flaws there. But when they're not together, all they're, they're not seeing the... 15 years of how they made each other bad they're like oh yeah that person well what there. it is is like uh, if the two of them go to Costa Rica that is an awesome terrible uh-huh. like crazy time but if the two of them want to start a business that's terrible dumb and as hell and the, a family is a business yeah and the, like they had two daughters as their start of the business right. and it went bad uh, and so Julie has a side adventure and it's thank god you're not DJ Ryan mm-hmm. she is so pro Ryan you look so handsome she just wants Marissa to be all over that she even literally tells Ryan that he is a handsome boy and encourages <laughs> the idea that the two of them Marissa and Ryan should be together so this was very confusing to me because um is she just straight up saying that uh as awful as white trash chino is at least it's not brown like i'm just glad that you are not the other person Whatever is in front of me, like, I'll just pick the lesser of two evils. Or is she saying that, like, I just want to make my daughter as upset as possible? Part of it is probably that. But it's, I think she, has, she at this point, knows Ryan has a moral compass. And she does say, I know you're looking out for Marissa. I do think she has learned that in the last year. And 
he is now in the Newport's mind not the shittiest kid. He is a Cohen, and so all of that is going. You know what's weird about the situation is that now technically uh, Ryan is relation to the family. If if Marissa and Ryan were to get together, it would technically be legally incestual. No, there's no blood. And he's not adopted. Oh, there'll be blood. <laughs> there will be blood. He wasn't adopted. Oh, I thought he was. I don't think so. Not yet. I thought he was officially adopted. I don't want to like... I don't so wanna, he's like a Cohen now, right? I don't want to pop any bubbles, but Lindsay is much closer to family <laughs> yeah. than uh, Marissa is. Uh, but no, but like, uh, like the way that you're saying it, Mike, the way that you're saying Julie's brain seems so like cogent uh-huh. and reasonable, but that's not what she does. She comes up and she's like, smoochies. <laughs> smoochies. How are you? I love you. And just like super fake because she always has to like be doing this thing. Well, that, chaperoning's boring. You got to game something. And, okay, so like I'm going to earn I'm going to piss my daughter off, annoy the shit out of Ryan. DJ's probably in the corner stewing. Jimmy doesn't like this. Caleb's at home being like angry for no reason. Is that what Julie's like? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Julie Julie likes other people being angry, not at her, but just angry in general around her. But yeah, why not just go up and say like everybody to be unhappy. Why not just go up and say like, "Hey Ryan, I think that you uh, you've grown up a lot as a dude. I, I think that you're pretty cool. Do you know anything about this DJ guy?" Because that's also tra- she can't admit she's wrong. She has to go in sideways with it. And then because so Ryan is the very cool we talked about last episode. He gives uh, Marissa his jacket and tie when DJ gets there, and Ryan calls her out just like Summer did. He's like, "Why isn't DJ here?" And she's like, "Oh, it's not his thing." And he's like, "Are you embarrassed of him?" Like it's fucking cool that everyone's like, "Marissa, chill the shit out." <laughs> Yeah, with the thing that he really said, he he has his own Sandy wisdom. He says, uh, "Did you say? Did you decide that, or did mm-hmm. did he decide that?" Snaps, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then DJ's dancing. They're dancing. It's adorable. Nobody gives a shit. And then Julie sees it. Cyclops is from across the room, just like laser eyes. And this is Jimmy being so not Jimmy. He just fucking adults up for once, uh-huh. and he's like, "Just let them Swoops dance." In. And then he's like, it was you and I. You're, we couldn't be torn apart. And her, so Julie, she's like, wait, am I the gardener in this yes. scenario? Oh, my goodness. This is the weird thing about this conversation. So the two of them have the conversation, and he says, he says, my parents threatened to cut me off if I didn't stop dating you. Mm-hmm. He says that to Julie. Where the fuck was that statement in the last season when she was so pissed off about the two Ryan and Marissa dating? I mean, like, why, well, why I think Jimmy was checked out of life then. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, Jimmy was only... With his own concerns, and yeah. I think the interesting, uh, the interesting part is that I do think that Julie blocked out her past. Mm-hmm. Like she had gone so far that she was, she had total blinders on the fact that she was, she came from a Riverside trailer. Right. Like I, I understand that she's not going to have empathy from Ryan's background, but like for DJ for anything, like she really did trick herself into believing that she was born and raised in Newport and deserves all of this, and and not like oh I could help other people make it easier than my life was. No, I have to. Cut that door behind mm-hmm. me. That's from people. People from New York can do that. Like Sandy can do uh-huh. that. But if you're from Riverside, like just adjacent from Orange County, like there's no way you're blinded. Because she's so afraid she'll get pushed back out. Right. And so in that talk with her and Jimmy, and he he's like, and she's like, oh, that must have been hard. And he's like, my parents threatened me cutting off. And he's like, no, it wasn't that hard. Like I loved you. And she's like, well, I was nicer uh, and easier to love and beautiful. And he's like, well, you were never nicer. But I like but you're still beautiful. You're still beautiful. And then they do make out here, right? Yeah, they do a little smoochy pooch. A little smoochy pooch. Little smoochy poochies. And then after the make out, is this when Jimmy says, And you brought me a delicious snack? <laughs> Thank no, you that for was, my delicious that was snack. That was like, okay. No, he did it again. She pulled it out of her pocket. <laughs> the other thing too is that um Julie likes the power, right? I think the power makes you feel uh Maybe that's why like she a full noopsie. And I think that when yeah, for sure with Jimmy. But uh also I think that she instead of 
hating Ryan. I think that if like I approve of Ryan, mm-hmm. get rid of DJ, and then Marissa and Ryan hook up, I still did that. Like I had the power mm-hmm. to do that. It's so weird though because well, uh, hmm. the reason why she didn't like the Chino boy before is because he didn't have a path to wealthiness, but now he's going to the best school in the in the county, and he's part of the wealthiest family in the county. Into architecture. In, well, she doesn't know that, but she yes. could. She has her hands in everything. <laughs> and and so before, I think that Julie is really actually focused, as she was in the first season, on what is best in the long run for her daughter. Yeah, this is the Cersei argument. Like, Cersei is awful, but is it because of how much she cares for her kids? And I think typically Julie is just a selfish asshole. But mm. are a lot of her decisions made because... She wants her kids to have the best life possible. Well, she wants one of her kids to have the best life yeah. possible. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Caitlin about can Caitlin. kick the fuck rocks. As long as China has alopecia, Caitlin can get. Because I mean, Caitlin is some sort of witch that makes horses have alopecia, right? Yeah, and Julie, that's there's a horror story going on underneath this whole <laughs> season. Julie's trying to. She's if she says Caitlin's name, Caitlin will know and summon. But so she just says, China has alopecia, and everybody's like, "Why does she keep saying that?" And she's trying to warn the Orange County. Can you imagine? Next door to the Cohen ha- household, or now they moved into everybody the, gets <laughs> into Caitlin's mansion. There's a dungeon where Caitlin is chained up, having these horrible thoughts that animals that walk by are just now have no care at all because Caitlin caused alopecia. Animals. I mean, that's probably what happened to Caleb, right? That's why he's balding. So he bad. had hair in the first episode. <laughs> Caleb had a luxurious head of hair. <laughs> we have to take a break. When we come back, let's dig into Caleb and his lack of hair. And we're back with the Pop Filter Sports March Madness wrap-up session, wrap-up preview. This is where we're wrapping up our preview. We're wrapping up a preview. Be to come. Uh, Mike, we don't know what podcast you're listening to this on. It could be Superhero. could be uh, a different one of ours. It could be Serial. We don't Ryan, know. Ryan, could be Serial, where we rank every single Serial out there, starting from the bottom shelf, working our way up. What's at the is the bottom the healthy? Or is the bottom? No, the bottom's like the bags. Like the, oh, these the are bags. Rice Krispie do you remember the first time your family came home with bag cereal and you knew that I went like there's more of it and then I ate it when oh but it also meant that your dad lost his job <laughs> yeah sorry about that um, let's go through the shows real quick because we don't know which I one this is what comes out Monday Monday you do have movie of the year should I talk about what's on this week no don't do okay. that <laughs> yeah, that scares me panicked in your eyes uh, movie of the year where we do pick a year and then throw in the best movies of that year and make them fight each other. Exactly. And that's also when our other sideshow comes out. Uh, Solomon Grundy, which is recorded on a Monday, mm-hmm. comes out on a Tuesday. Edited on a Wednesday. We yeah. do the post-edit. Uh, what comes out Tuesday, actually? Coming out Tuesday, the first Tuesday of every month, is Taylor Talking Taylor, where our pal Taylor talks about himself. And then Thursdays, oh, a very special show. A very special show where I, I think we, we just stop fucking around. Uh-huh. Stop pulling everybody's puds, and you and me just really dig into the OC. We talk about the fake Laguna Hills. Mm-hmm. It's called the OC. And then on Fridays, of course. The Power Hour. The Superhero Hour Hour. Everybody's favorite show. That's our favorite show. Yes, for sure. It's the it's the, the flagship. Mm-hmm. It's the ship that all the flags get shipped on. If you want to be on any of those shows, make sure that you are emailing us. If you have any comments or questions, contact at yourpopfilter.com or... Call our robot associate at one five six two D R D J P O P. That's one five six two Doctor D J Pop. And then, like bringing the rear, that I think is climbing up the March Madness bracket. 
Oh, yeah, Social media is all the rage. <laughs> right. And, I mean, is it going to be Twitter, at your pop filter? Everybody's loved it for a long time. What kind of dogs are they talking about? What other animals do they talk about on there? Mike, it can't be Twitter because something else is coming hot oh. and fast, and it's going to win March Madness the Sports n- Commercial Bracket. New kid on the block straight out of college at your pop filter on Instagram. Instagram. What? Instagram. They're here to stay. And, Mike, this is not our Finsta. This is our legit Insta. I don't know what those means, but I'm pretty sure this is real. You won't find anything too true on this, which a fake Instagram is where you put your real life. I don't get the kids these days. So just to recap, uh, we have shows and then contacts and social medias. Yeah. And they're all going to win March Madness Sports Tourney yeah, Bracket. Yeah, March Madness, last word. Last word. Last word. Ryan and Dave. Cal is barely in this episode, but casts a long, bald ominous shadow he's got the thing where uh and i think that we're all capable of this of like this rich tall bald white man mm-hmm. said this thing and we're like oh, okay so i guess we'll just that that's fact then but nobody's listening nobody buys it anymore he thinks he still has that magic power but kirsten and sandy are like well he's full of shit and sandy's to the point where he is Bending, if not all out breaking the law to track down this mystery lady, he knows Renee Wheeler exists. He knows she's it. But this is this could be witness tampering, right? This is crazy illegal what Sandy's yeah, trying to do. Yeah, you cannot talk to the other witness. Yeah, you can't do that. Not, not unless you're wearing a mask and cape, like a ninja would wear. <laughs> One of those caped ninjas. As long as you're smoking. But his and his stance when he tells Kirsten, he's like, well, something's just like the moral right. And for so long... Braddock's Finch does lead us the right way. Go with the more. This is not that. This is you just. I want to know now. I want to know. It, it made me furious. It does not feel like real Sandy to me. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, trying to pull one over on the viewer. He is not being who he should be mm-hmm. by breaking all these laws. Well, that's the thing, though, is that uh, uh, Sandy, being the genius, perfect person that he is, he can tell that he is not getting the complete story. So. Uh, he doesn't want to break any of his morals or ethics, right. but he would like that complete story. So he's probably just going to keep trying until he gets that because he knows that like this is all of right. this is bullshit. Like it stinks. And because I guess nobody's getting hurt, so you can break the law if nobody's getting hurt. Well, the thing about it is, and he just he, got fired. The law didn't actually get broken because it's illegal to discuss the case with the with the witness which yeah. is what he's attempting to do right but then she saves him by not actually discussing but i feel like it, uh, a lot in this episode uh uh and eventually definitely by renee wheeler there's a lot of pinky promises going right. on like there's a lot of like well the law is the law but like you won't tell anybody right right like, that is happening all the time in the cohen that's, household that's how the law works my friend nickel household you know what's silly is that later on in the episode uh caleb comes to the house and and says something to Kirsten. Oh, I guess he didn't tell you that. Uh, blah blah blah. And then she says, "Oh yeah, well he respects, you know, attorney-client privilege. Yeah, attorney-client privilege, which clearly he doesn't. Well, it, for his clients, <laughs> not for other attorneys' clients. But his his angle to, and he has been to Cal and now to Renee Wheeler. He's saying, why risk jail over nothing? Which is not a bad question to ask. This could take you all down. They are making a mountain of a molehill. Caleb makes it worse. You think he's like coming around." even though he's dodged Sandy for days, and now he's just like, hey, how's it going, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks to Renee Wheeler, and he's just like, I could pay for you both to get out of the country. And like, that's nothing. Dude, that is ruining two people's yeah. lives to what not ruin their lives. Point. Okay, so in this episode of the OCD, in the last episode of the OCD, we've talked a lot about uh, good character decisions versus drama. Uh-huh. Like, the writers need to make drama. 
And this all feels like, oh what the fuck are we doing? Right. So Stop true. for one second and think about your actions. There's there's a point where where Caleb says, I'm trying to protect my daughter uh, because like he wants to keep the, the secret safe, right? Right. Yeah, trying and to protect his daughter, Kirsten. Yeah, mm-hmm. who, who, there's no way she couldn't handle this news. Right. <laughs> she's like the most sturdy person on the planet. And she's let him get she's away with so much. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, he says that, and I do, fuck yeah, Renee Wheeler. She goes, what about my daughter? Yeah, that's the daughter. What about our daughter? And if we didn't put it together already, it's like, oh, damn. Okay, so (laughs) here's the thing. Uh, Dave, producer Dave. Mike and I have seen this particular episode six or seven times. Mm -hmm. You are coming in hot and fresh. Oh, yeah. Watching season two. Mm -hmm. At what point was this a surprise to you that Lindsay... The only other ginger character besides Renee Wheeler, uh, what Lindsay, who uh, we have never met her parents, and yet there's this other character named Renee who uh, we don't know what her secret is as all at all. Was this a surprise to you? Well, actually, it was a surprise to me. I was like, oh, okay, fine. It wasn't a big wow. deal. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal, so but it was a surprise. So for those of you who haven't seen it for some reason or listening to this episode, it's not that mellow what Dave just did. <laughs> so here's what happens. Renee uh, and Cal are talking at the Coens, as you do. Uh, Lindsay has already shown up. She bugs Ryan, and she's like, hey, I'm sorry I chased you off. She does this weird, adorable, I read like a crazy person. I write red dots when I lose track. There were 11 red dots, so I knew it had to come. And Ryan, instead of saying, get the fuck out of my house. It was very adorable. Yeah, this is not like the sort of like uh, TV character anxiety where like you should go see someone. Right. This is like it's the endearing. perfect, awesome amount of anxiety. She's the only actor so far in the show that has actually been able to display anxiety at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and I love I love cute Ryan because he says I know something we can. She's like keeps getting nervous and flustery, and she's like I, I'm too nervous to talk. And he's like I know something we can do. That anal beats. Talking, you think it's gonna be anal beats, uh, but it's not. It's video games. It's so he knows everybody's level. He knows Marissa doesn't want to play video games. She wants them anal beats, but he knows Lindsay needs some warming up. Plus, the OC knows that video games is, and the uh, creator of the OC told us this, right? Like, you can't be friends unless, yeah. uh, you know, your bros playing video games. That is the ultimate equifier, right? Like, mm-hmm. now we're all on the same page because we're all just ninjas trying to kill other ninjas. Except for, you know, in this instance, he actually makes out with his bro who's sitting yeah. right there. Bros can make out with bros. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's, That's fine. fine. Is cool. this news to you? If both, if both bros consent. Bros can make out with bros. Okay. So while okay. they're in the pool house playing video games yeah. and killing ninjas, uh, Sandy is like, now he's desperate. He's going to Renee Wheeler, and he's going through every single soap opera plot line that it could uh-huh. be. Do you have amnesia? Is it a twin? Did what? he murder somebody 16 years ago? No. And, uh, Did you is, explode a yacht? He's so fucking smart that he's just like, 16 years is a long time to pay alimony. Unless there was a Yeah, child. no, he has actually figured it out. <laughs> and Sandy's also figured it out, not just because he knows that, but he will also stand outside in his backyard knowing that he's on the OC, and at some point, somebody's going to walk into the backyard and give it all away. He's looking, and he's like, how am I going to wrap this conversation? Nope, got it. Somebody <laughs> else is going to end this conversation, because Lindsay goes, Mom, why are you here? And everybody's like, what? Bum, bum, bum. And only Renee Rio's like, oh, fuck. So at, so at that point, Renee knows that her daughter's there, and Sandy knows everything. Mm-hmm. And Ryan has no idea what's going on, and yet still makes the face of, like, drama? <laughs> okay, so I was just playing video games with this girl. Uh, she called this stranger in my backyard, Mom. I have no idea what's going on. And yet he's still like, <laughs> he just what? ripped into a wife beater and goes, who do I punch with my he breast He puts cups? on seven leather bracelets and flies into the air. 
I mean, it really should be the mother asking, what the fuck are you fucking <laughs> doing? Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you fucking this Aren't boy? You supposed to be I thought you were at home marking in a book. So that's the show. It's all Caleb's daughter is dating Caleb's grandson. That's just good comedy. Now, typically, good gentlemen, family um, I would call this, and I would not call this episode, but typically I would say that this is just a uh, set piecer. Mm-hmm. This is just uh, moving pieces into what we need to do because... And I love this episode. I thought it was great. But the next episode, my goodness. The legend? The legend. I haven't seen the next episode. The mall episode? No, no. it's the Chrismica that almost Chris wasn't. That okay, wasn't. wait a second. Wait, Chrismica hasn't happened yet? This well, is the second Chrismica. I don't understand. Oh, no, it's once don't, a year. I mean, this season. So it's weird because we just had the snow sea dance. Yeah. Which makes you think maybe that happened during the winter. Yeah. But we haven't actually gotten to the winter yet. This could be early winter. Mike, uh, you and I have another job, sure. a different job, where we talk about like episodes of Arrow and yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I've heard of this job. Uh, I think that we what we try to do is like try to figure out what is a good hour of TV mm-hmm. and what is like an hour that's just sort of making us think that the next hour will be good. Uh-huh. I do think that this episode was that. Did you get that feeling while watching it that this was just a set piece in episode? Yes, but why Why I think this is a great show, no matter what my wife says when she decides to stay from home from work and make fun of what I do. Uh, and this is the wife, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but this is the wife who always has like uh, the curling things in her hair and is always like threatening you with a rolling pin. Yeah, oh my and goodness. she's the director of her department, but that's just what she does. Uh, it's the big D. This is set up for the big D. Big drama's not happened yet. But there's enough little D and character moments that this is a fucking great episode. I did not feel like I waste my time. I can't like when uh, Renee looked over there and said Lindsay, and Lindsay was like, "Mom, I can't believe that there was a nation a long time ago who had to wait a fucking week uh-huh. to see how that turned out." And then they peer through the dark. Oh no, I don't actually know you. And then it moves on. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so that's this episode. Let's get through the awards. Okay. okay. PD, are you prepared? I got some stuff. You got some stuff. Excellent. Let's start with the magical music moment of the week. What do you got, Ryan? I have a uh, desperate guys by the faint. They are walking into the snow sea, and guys, <clears> there <throat> are penguins. Everywhere. Oh my goo. These penguins well, are one. barfing diamonds. <laughs> and inside of these penguins are the faint. The faint themselves. Each penguin has the entire band, the faint, and they are singing the song. And I thought it was a perfect musical moment. I love the faint. I love this moment. It's so good. This moment was pretty spectacular. Do you have a different magical moment? Yes, I do. That, Mine was Ariana Grande's Good Night Go. There's no way Ariana, Ariana Grande. Grande. Ariana I think two year old. Who you mean is Imogen Heap. Image and Heap. That is mine That's as well, right. because yeah. they play it like okay. three times throughout the episode. Hold on. Imaging Heap, the singer of mm, What You Say, yeah. that will denote not one, but two deaths at the yeah. end of season two, has a song in foreshadowing. this episode? This is the foreshadowing. Good night and go. It's the one Imogen Heap. Yeah, I wanted to do the faint, but I had to go with Imogen because they kept playing the song. It's like a character had it on skip. And they the it was really kind of perfectly played right when Seth and Alex kissed for the second time. And it's the lines at that moment are, uh, why'd you have to go and be so cute? Mm-hmm. I can't help but ignore, I can't not, ig- something about ignoring him. And it's impossible. And that whole album uh, that Hide and Seek is on, uh, excuse me, mm, what you say is on, is, is ador- it's all about like adorable crush love and how painful it can get later. It's so good. 
And then when she's saying, uh, why'd you have to wear all those leather bracelets and then go to the coffee shop and almost fight Oliver and then ignore Zach and then you guys had that mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And she wrote that mm-hmm. before. All of that. It's magic. came out. Prescient. Uh, Sandy Wisdom, what do you got? My Sandy Wisdom is, uh, the internet loves the joke of, um, oh man, I love when uh, Jean-Luc Picard was captain of the Millennium Falcon, you know, like really like mm-hmm. trying to make nerds' heads explode. It was the best, though. But uh, when Sandy and Kiki sit down... Oh, that's mine, motherfucker! ...and try to uh, get set to go to the dance, like, they gloat in that moment uh-huh. a little too long, mm-hmm. but before, like, in the moment, they are wonderful, and uh, Sandy very matter-of-factly saying, oh, I think ninjas usually wear capes. <laughs> that is the Sandy wisdom <laughs> moment. Perfect improv partners, because they're like, Seth, you're not going to the dance? He's like, no, I just want to watch this kung fu movie. And Sandy goes, I want to watch the kung fu movie. And Chris is like, I've never <laughs> seen one. Like, oh, man, that is chemistry. It made the- me realize that uh, being parents is not about, like, can we keep our sex life alive? But it is, can we high-five after our kid leaves the room uh-huh. about how embarrassed our kid was? The, that is right. That is, you guys are right. I must agree with you. Uh, the, <laughs> the line from this scene is right after uh, Ryan says, good job. Sandy literally says, never underestimate the parent's ability to mo- mortify their child. Mm-hmm. Mortify. <laughs> Not embarrass, mortify. That's what kids are so dumb because they're always like, mom, dad, how do you do that? Idiot. They do that because it bothers you. But just to give Seth some credit, he knew what they yes. were doing and wanted to go to the yeah. dance. He was there using is, it as an, an excuse. There is a lot more uh, Sandy wisdom in the episode, though. The intuition that we've already spoken about, about how Sandy already knew before he spoke to either Renee or Caleb about whether or not there was a child involved. Uh-huh. He already fucking knew that. I know, but like... <laughs> When he figured it out and he uh, brought his sunglasses lower <laughs> three times, like, that's a lot, Sandy. Come on. Two is fine. <laughs> yeah, two is good. Anybody have orange couture for the evening? I've got orange couture. Ooh. It's Freudian slippers. Oh. Come on. Now it's the best episode ever because okay. of Freudian slippers. We're expanding the meaning. Normally it means yeah, okay, it's no, so no, a thing I like. It's just a thing I liked. I was going to tell you guys that if there was like a shopping spree for this episode, then those slippers those, are Oh, number one draft pick. I'm, I'm glad because I thought it was like weird character choice. She just likes old man warm socks because I forgot the word for slippers. And then she's like, they're Freud. And I didn't instantly get it and then she explained it and I felt like Ryan like ah but what what I thought she was gonna say is like uh, oh my dad died and that's his head (laughs) I wear (laughs) him on my feet I made him slippers (laughs) poor Lindsay okay so the actually orange couture besides that idiot thing that you said was uh, that when Zach makes that illegal U-turn he is on PCH uh huh there's the ocean right there in the background but you can't really see it because it's dark but he's literally turning around on PCH this is about clothes yeah, are you dude. saying uh, are, wait are you saying the city ch- is a character and PCH is the belt of the city <laughs> what is it I would say I the think that's what he's saying fanny pack it might be the fanny pack where the U-turn the Oakley glasses <laughs> alright what's your comics connection uh, my comments connection is, uh, and Seth, I really do believe that he means it as a compliment. It looks like Mr. Freeze took over uh-huh. the Gotham ball when he walks into the snow scene. Because yeah, that's, that's how pretty that's, it is. That's, uh, that's got to be it. You know, if it wasn't that, it's the fact that there was the penguins from the uh, Batman movie Batman or in the uh, dance. We got a Jimmy Gotti Jimmy? I, he I, kisses Julie. Yeah, like, what is a more Jimmy back. thing than kissing so Julie? So Jimmy. That's it. <laughs> yep. That's it. And then, why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? Okay, so this is my favorite award of the oh night. Oh, my goodness. I don't understand this. Because <laughs> when uh, when Sandy is slowly realizing that Caleb has a daughter, 
So is Kirsten. And uh, <laughs> it like cuts to her. Like when she when he like you can watch his eyebrows churning. It cuts to her in the kitchen making a drink. Like Why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? You know through radar that it's time for a drink. It's, and that's an alcoholic. It's a Cougar Town size wine glass. It's massive. <laughs> it makes me kind of think that the scene was supposed to, like the discussion between Sandy and Caleb was supposed to happen like while they were walking through the kitchen uh-huh. or something. And like there was more to that scene, but it's just her. They forgot to glass. show her eavesdrop. She just went, gotta drink hard. But no, she, yeah, she looks outside and she's like, oh, that's my husband and that's my dad. I should probably <laughs> pour a glass of wine right now. I like... She does not know there's drama. She just goes, Friday night, pour a whole <laughs> bottle of wine into a glass. Uh, those are the awards. Thank you, producer Dave. Thank you, my friend Ryan. You're welcome. Thank you to the Holophonics. You guys want to know what's going on next week? Oh, my God, Mike. I'm going to fucking freak out. Friends, festivities, eight days of gifts, another day with a whole lot of gifts. Seth's formula for the perfect Christmas may come undone when Caleb's confession rocks the Cohen world. Mike, put your hand in my hand. Our hands are in each other's hands. That's not what I want to see. We are going to tell the troopers. (laughs) We're not virtual (laughs) troopers. Virtual reality. Uh, You and I are going to tell the truth Mm -hmm. on next week's OCD Mm -hmm. if it got dusty in the room. Okay. Because this is a hard episode. It's going to be a dusty one? I love it. Any final thoughts, final words? Did we do good? Do you think that, Producer Dave, do you think that we did a good job? Sure. Stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs late. Tro. California.